Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation of the Parenting with Impact podcast. You got Elaine and Diane here today, pontificating. Pontificating and a little weary, if I'm honest. So we just got back from the International ADHD Conference and introvert here. I like I did a really great job of taking care of myself. And it's still exhausting to be at a conference for a whole weekend in a different city with the travel and the people and the fun. For for you and for me, it's like I came back rejuvenated and alive and like replenished, not replenished, like I'm exhausted. Last night, all I wanted to do is to sit with a bowl of popcorn and watch a movie. No question. There you go. There you go. (laughs) But my brain is on fire with the ideas and the connections and the thoughts and the people. and, And so we thought it would be really interesting for everybody to let you kind of hear us talking about the insights we had at the conference this year, because this was our 14th year in a row going to this, what's now called the International Conference on ADHD. And, you know, the history for y'all, we met there in 2010. Yep. We launched Impact ADHD in 2011 as an innovative program at this conference. Mm -hmm. And we have been there every year since either presenting, exhibiting, usually both presenting and exhibiting. And exhibiting. This Maybe year, why we're tired sometimes, but yeah, this year we didn't exhibit. We were, we, we presented several times and, and there's still a one more live event to go or virtual event to go, but we really got a chance to be with our people, you know, to, we got to meet people on our team whom we've known and worked with for years, but have never, never met. met. That was cool. Yeah. We got to meet some of our coaches Uh and a lot of our colleagues who, you know, it's so amazing when you work in virtually like this, like we know these people really well. Like we were sitting with Danielle, Diane and I, and Diane's like, doesn't feel like I've never met you before. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and we've been virtual for so long. I mean, we've been virtual since 2011. And so, you know, we forget how that face-to-face contact even feels because it's, we're just used to doing our work on the internet. Yeah. yeah. And we, I think we've figured out a way to, to get those connections virtually. Right. And it's always really nice to be able to actually go give someone a hug or, yes. you know, like, yeah, absolutely. Was, that was quite lovely. So that was really fun. So we had a great experience and what we want to do is kind of talk about some of our insights. You know, we often say to you guys, we're going to share a lot of information. We want you to listen for insights. What are you taking away from it? And so we got a lot of information over the last week. And today is our kind of Monday morning quarterbacking opportunity to 
identify what are the insights we're taking away from this conference. So how do we want to structure this? Well, the thing yeah. Well, part of it is just even the let's start with the constitution of the conference because when the conference started, at least this conference started, it was Chad, children and adults with ADHD, right? And it's yeah. so it was that organization and the leadership of that organization was primarily there were a lot of professionals, a lot of spouses of professionals that were in more of a a board capacity or a volunteer capacity within that community. And there really was a lot of focus on research and information and those sorts of things. And ADHD coaching, even back then was really, really, really new thing. And I remember how few, like it's, I'm thinking about the the percentage of people that were doing different things. There were very few people that were what we now we call an ADHD coach and lots of people that were more in the professional realm. So, so let me go back and give a little history. Okay. Yeah. So Chad, as Diane said, the Children and Adults with ADD is a nonprofit organization that's been around for several decades. ADA, the Adults with ADD is a nonprofit organization that's been around for several decades. I think yeah. it may actually predate Chad. And then ACO, which is the ADHD coach organization, is a nonprofit that's been around for about half the time of the rest of them, right? Right. And so there used to be three different conferences a year. Exhausting, really it exhausting. It was exhausting. And so about, I don't know, I was still on the board at the time. I was so thinking it's five six, or six. Six years ago, we can, we brought these three people together, and it was really Jeff Copper and me that got all these people into a room and said, what if we have one conference <laughs> instead of three? Because it was too expensive for all these, these small businesses. Right. And so we these three organizations came together to create the International Conference on ADHD. It's been maybe five years now, four or five years. And it's taken a few years of, you know, of learning and trying things. But it's really morphed. And this was the first year where the conference felt like it was its own kind of, it was the international conference on ADHD. It no longer felt like, well, here's a little bit of ADA and here's a little bit of ACO and here's a little bit of CHAD. You really felt that this was the international ADHD people coming together to create a conference. Do you feel that way? Did you feel that? I did. And I mean, I think that again, it's this sort of ratio we were talking the other day about professionals versus participants who are not professionals. And so like, if you've got parent participants, adult participants, and then you've got this loop of professionals, whether it's coach professionals or non-coach professionals, I think that that there's been some morphine in that. And it's definitely feels more like a professional conference Conference. on some level. And a lot of the professionals in the ADHD space are also adults with ADHD, right? And so it's- Or parents or both. Or or parents or both, right? It's just sort of, so there's this beautiful overlap that happens. Wait, I just had this realization. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we started, we met in 2010 and in those days, and we started Impact because there were all these resources available for kids and there was nothing available for parents. Right. And so a lot of parents would go to this CHAD conference because that was really the only place- Only place they could go. Once a year to go to get resources and information. Now, fast forward 14 years later, there are telesummits every- Week, <laughs> it seems. Well, we're in a digital age. The amount we of information. In the there's so much information available now. There's almost too much information because now parents have a hard time figuring out what's, what's legitimate information yeah. and what's credible. And actually, there was a presentation at the conference by a, a woman physician 
who has a big social media presence, who was talking about how do you discern what's credible information. It was amazing. It was a keynote. There's a keynote. We'll put some notes in the in the chat to link you to Dr. Tracy Marks. That was really impressive. But so now part of what's happening is there are more professionals going and fewer parents and adults going because they really do have access to resources that they didn't, you know, 15 yeah, years ago. That's true. That's true. Big well, shift. and so what I mean, what was one or two of your insights, Elaine? I gotta just write down Dr. Marks. <laughs> Probably the biggest one, well, the probably other than this this one of that the demographics of the conference have changed, like who's showing up. It felt like we have shifted out of a world where 15 years ago, there was a lot of, oh no, my my world is so bad and hard. And there was, a, there was kind of a poor me-ishness to the ADHD world. Does that, that was very technical term, poor me-ishness. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was this sort of, it, it, and there, I mean, don't get us wrong. There's a lot of significant challenges. Impact, no impact. question. Yeah. But we're not, we're looking at it through a different lens, right? right? It used to be, it was almost like it was a conference of, there was a lot of sort of sad people really struggling to try to figure out, to get a handle on their lives. And they're felt in this conference, like there's now more of an empowered people coming to get a handle on their lives. Well, and that's actually, I mean, I, the, the programming committee did such a great job, but it, yeah. two of the keynotes were really the subplot of each of them was a rallying cry for sharing your message, sharing your strengths, living your best life as an adult with ADHD and that is nothing but inspiring for both ADDers and non-ADDers, frankly. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, there was, there's just so much. Like, so here's the bottom line: ADHD is complicated. It's really complicated to diagnose. It's really complicated to treat, and it's really complicated to live with. For some people, not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And then there's coexisting conditions, and there's. I mean, it's it's way more complicated than people give it credit. And so when we shift out of that for me place into a, okay, let's understand this better so we can get a, learn to get a handle on it and figure out what I need to do to manage it from a place of confidence and clarity instead of uh, the word that's coming to me is almost like it's less victim and more empowered. Well, and as you're saying that, if you think about everything we teach to parents, it's this sort of, if you're freaking out, and trying to fix it, or if you're feeling like a victim to it, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is never going to change. This is terrible. And you're coming from a dysregulated place. Yes. You're not going to be able to problem solve. And so what we're observing is that the, the community is that regulated. <laughs> maybe, or it's this sort of balance. And I remember so distinctly years ago, do you remember the year that they had um, Russell Barkley and Ned Hollowell on he stage he said, together, said, yeah. right? and one of them's really strength-based and the other one is doom and gloom, deficit strong, a strong, a deficit-based, but it's like, really, this is a, this is a significant challenge and the juxtaposition of the two, what's up? And both are true. And both right. are true, right? But the juxtaposition of those things and instead of going, 
oh my gosh, it's terrible. Oh my gosh, but it's such a strength. We've kind of have landed in the middle, in the midst of both of those things being true, which I think is self-regulating. Yes. As a community, it's like, okay, strengths and challenges all at once. What are the real problems to be solved and how do we begin to move the community and the struggles and the the medical support system and the school support systems this let me just say the support systems how do we begin to move those forward and i think yeah. that for me that was a big part of what i was wait we're going to take a break and come back oh. and do that okay yep I, I know where you're going and we're going to take a quick break Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. Okay, welcome back, everybody. It's Diane and Elaine here, and we are having a conversation about the International Conference on ADHD and kind of the the trends in ADHD treatment and management over the last 15 years. And Diane is about to start talking about that shift from now that we've kind of, the community is a little better regulated and and found a little balance between the, the deficit and the strength and finding that magic middle there's still some challenges within that is I well, guess where you're going. Yeah, no, the, actually the direction I was going to go is that the community itself knows a whole lot, a whole yeah, lot about whole the strengths more than we and the challenges and the biology and the everything and yeah. has actually in many ways exceeded the clearly the school system and, and often the mental health system in our world. And I think we talked about this on one of the podcasts before, but it was shocking to me that over 95% of psychiatry programs in the U.S. don't even mention ADHD in their training. So that's yeah. that's information number one. You know, there's just so, and I don't want to, I'm not saying this from a judgmental place. It's just shocking because of how prevalent ADHD is and how little the medical community and the educational system understands and knows. And so as as the ADHD community has raised its awareness and its knowledge and its everything else, we're now in a place where the people in the in the spaces supporting that community in some ways no less than the community itself, which is a, oh, or, a very interesting so, place to be. Or or not and I don't mean that they know less, but they have different a different amount of information. Well I'm going to go back to a lot of times they haven't been as well educated about ADHD as the people with the ADHD. If they're not, if it's not their industry, if they're not regularly treating it, if they haven't as a provider or an educator sought out continuing education, very often as parents or as adults with ADHD ourselves, um, we are sometimes better informed than our providers. And that creates yeah. this disconnect because we expect them to know more. And in fact, sometimes we are better. We understand the condition better. Well, or the other piece of it, and I saw this a lot this weekend, is professionals get it, but then there's this tendency to oversimplify the solutioning. Right. It's this sort of like the one time I was kind of up in my soapbox in the hallway. I was in this 
workshop around um, college readiness. There's a great, great presentation expertise from the disability services at a school. They really understand how hard it is for these kids with ADHD to be successful in college and enumerated all the things that the kids are going to have to do when they're over 18 and they're going to have to do it themselves and the parents aren't going to be there and everything else. And their solution was, you just have to make sure these kids have the executive function that they need to do all these <laughs> hundreds of things by the time they start college or by the time it's you know, not a reasonable expectation. No, anyway. no. So because- Diane comes out into the hallway, just like seething because she had been self-managing and not getting upset in, in the workshop. Right. Right. Well, And I think that that's the piece of it is this sort of well-meaning and what the gap, the opportunity I see is like, how do we bridge the gap between what the experts know is needed and helping them to see what is and isn't realistic in terms of helping the community get to what is needed, right? Yes, these kids do need to have executive function skills. Many of them will get there at some point in their 20s or or later, but some of them may never get there. But the solution isn't just... Let's make sure they have the executive function skills because it's not that simple. No, it's not. And so like we were talking before we started recording, like there's almost something here about book smart versus street smart. Mm, Yeah. Right. And so book smart, we understand what the situation is. We can, we can break down and detail the executive function challenges and deficits. You can look at Ross Greens and look at lagging skills, right? We can identify it. And then there's something about living with it and learning how to be in relationship, particularly when we're talking about kids, with these kids to help them step into wanting to learn to manage themselves. And as they become teenagers, we're not going to do that by telling them to. And that's the distinction, as you were saying that, Elaine, it's like you think about this isn't something to be fixed. This is something to be managed. But if the system, whether it's the educational system or the medical system is in this sort of fix it mindset, here's what you need to do to fix it as opposed to here's what's going to be needed over time to, to be as successful in managing it as you can. I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge difference in terms of those two approaches. Right. Well, and what that makes me think about, we we had a conversation near the end of the conference with Ryan Wexelblatt, who's the ADHD dude, right? And we are fans of his work and his and he of ours and and that there there are some fundamental differences. So when I went to his workshop, I left there and I had this conversation with him a little frustrated with some parts of it. And what I realized is is that his model is really appropriate really good for younger kids, especially boys under the age of, you know, 10. Um, And before parents are really ready to move into collaboration, it's about teaching parents how to be an effective director, an effective authoritative parent, right? And he does that brilliantly. There's something that needs to happen after that. And that's kind of what we do about, okay, now that it's, when it's time to start moving out of director mode, how do you move into collaborator and support effectively? But there's this way in which a lot of the ADHD community gets stuck in that director mode and doesn't understand the importance of bringing these kids along with us and enrolling them and taking ownership of it instead of telling them to do it. Does that resonate? No, it does. And, it, and for me, it always just takes me back to okay, I'm, I'm freaking out and I got to fix this. 
versus how do I figure out how to be with this, walk alongside this, live with this, help my kid be alongside this and live with this and not just be like focused on this problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, because it's, this is not something to be solved necessarily. Fixed. No, I have this big note on my desk that says you can't fix a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I probably need one of those. That kind of that reminder for all of us that we are, this is not about fixing it. It's about learning to manage it. And whether we're adults with ADD ourselves, we want to learn to manage our own ADD that in a way to help us manage our kids. And there were some good workshops about that or whether we're, we're supporting kids, teens, or young adults you know, we always, I feel like a broken record. It's about learning that ADHD is is something that you have to be in the process of managing again and again and again. Well, and let's not feel like it's not something that can get better, right? I, I just no. want to make sure that you say yes, that. That's yes, not yes. what we're saying. It's not like it's going to be terrible no, forever that's, that's at what all. Gets it better. Yeah, it, right. It's in order to make it better, you have to understand what's really going on. And if you then do something mode, with that information. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think that the other thing, and I think that this is the the other piece that we were talking about the fact that well-meaning, well-meaning, good-hearted professionals oversimplify because part of ADHD, and they say this often, is like you see one child with ADHD, you've seen one child with ADHD. And if that's the case, the construct that some list of tips and strategies is going to somehow be able to help everybody all of them right systematically and i think that that's where we the community gets set up it's this sort of okay so i'm out here looking for the thing that's going to help this and that's an oversimplification of of this because every parent's different every kid's different every adult with adhd is different and we need to not oversimplify it well and here's the irony is that one of the things we need to do is to make sure that our systems are simple Yes, that's true. But you're not saying make it more complicated. You're saying we need to find the right solution for each challenge that each individual is facing and, yeah. and make it as simple as possible. But it, that is not as simple as giving everybody a reward chart. Well, and I think that the the, the language I've been playing with, and I know that we're going to be talking about this a lot this next year, is... Behavior management is the thing that we talk a lot about. It's like, I got to help my kids to begin to manage their behaviors more effectively. Right. And it's the layering of change management on top of behavior management. So it's not just behavior management, but I've got to know how to navigate through a change in a family dynamic. I've got to figure out how to handle it when this kid is different than this kid. I've got to figure out how to handle it when I'm stressed out and neurodivergent myself as a parent. I mean, it's a sort of, it's not just managing behaviors. It's also about managing change, which is what what makes me love our work so much because- it enables us to look at what's going on in the family system or in the individual system and say, okay, so how do we approach making this change and not just here's the thing to do to, to fix the change, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love that. And and it's funny because when we, when we created our model, you know, plus a dozen years ago, we've always said that it comes out of coaching and change management in the mm-hmm. workplace. And you're right. We've never really talked about it very much with that lens. And and maybe it's heads up for 2024 that that maybe it's time that we really want to think in terms of 
the goal here in learning to manage ADD is to learning how to navigate change and change our navigate change and to change our lives in the direction we want them to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And to help our kids to change for themselves and not, I mean, it's the, even right. that other locus of I've got to change my child versus I've got to foster oh my, my child to live in the brain and body that they're in for the rest of their lives as successfully as they can. Yeah. And that is what it's all about. It's okay. Good. There's one other point. There's so many other things we could talk about at the conference, but there's one other thing I wanted to share. And I, I suspect this happened to you at the conference as well. I was so struck by how many people came up to us and said, oh my God, you know, it, it, you changed my life. It changed my life. Standing school changed my life. And now I'm X. And it wasn't just, this was so profound for me, but it's as a result of getting at my head around it. Now I'm doing this to help myself, to help my family, to help other people. Right. And it was, that really jumped out at me. There's so many professionals in this community who, you know, eight years, seven years, 10 years ago, did started by focusing on themselves and their kids. Right. Yeah. No. And it's amazing. I mean, I think that I, I don't know if this is true in other communities because I'm not in other communities, but a big part of why we all get involved, and I think this is mental health practitioners generally, is yeah, what I'm going to say, true. is that there's this emotional and practical connection to the cause and the mission in a very different way. And so whether people became a coach because they wanted to help themselves or where they wanted to help their kids or they became a or therapist, became a therapist or yeah. yeah, or an educator. I mean, it's just sort of there. It's kind of or in that change their medical practice to something else. Like we have somebody who works with us now who's an MD who is now completely more of the way that she's practicing medicine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that, um, you know, I've always said motherhood is the necessity of invention. And I think that there are just a lot of people now reinventing how we be with this world that we find ourselves in with yeah. of complexity. And especially now there's a new awareness that that we're not, it's not just complex people, it's complex people in complex times. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think, you know, <laughs> we always say this, it's like, we're all neurodivergent at times. And the cool thing about what we do or what anybody else in our community does is that the tools are just solid tools that help everyone on the planet and not just the ones who have the diagnosis or don't have the diagnosis. I I, I want to do one more thing. And this is, this is really a, a prop to Diane. We did, Diane and I did a workshop on deep coaching for coaches and we don't usually get to do that at, at an ADHD no, conference. So it was a real, and Diane and I, from the beginning, you know, all the work we do around parents and families and supporting parents and the professionals who support them. We've also had kind of a sub commitment to elevating the, the industry of coaching. That's Raising the bar. Raising the bar on quality of coaching across the board. Because Diane and I are, are what we would call classic coaches with an expertise in neurodivergence and ADHD. Um, And so we've always had a value around elevating other coaches, um, particularly coaches in the ADHD coaching space. And so we got to do this deep coaching workshop. And what was a beautiful thing to see, I thought, was how well people responded to it and how much they loved. Because what we're talking about in deep coaching, which is what we do at Impact really is, that it's not just about what we do as parents. It's about who we're being 
as yeah. parents. And I'm curious what your experience was with it, Diane. My After the workshop, my experience was that a lot of the professionals in our midst were beginning to realize, some of them were saying, you know, I started off this way and now I've been doing all this doing and I'm going back to the being. And others were saying, thanks for the permission to go deeper, to, to have more contextual conversations. What well, and they, 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 it, the place it always takes me, and this is back to even with parents, it's like parents present to us all the time with problems. And it's like, I want to solve this problem. And it's easy as human beings, particularly if we're a little overwhelmed or agitated or anxious or whatever it is to jump to a solution. Oh, this is, oh, wait, this is easy. Just do this, right? It's just sort of, and that, and we jump into that solutioning mode. And I think that, I mean, coaches are human beings as well. It's like, it's like, I do this all the time. A client will say something to me. And the first thing I want to do is like go through my Rolodex of other times I've seen the same problem and share ideas with them. And that's ultimately not what we do as coaches, but you're, you're having to pause as a helper and go, wait a second, how do I see this person and not just the problem, right? And that's and get really- underneath the problem to what's, what else is really going on. Cause there's always yeah. so many layers. Yeah. Right? And I love that. That's, I mean, I love that. That's what we teach parents to do all the time. It's not just, okay, wait, it's this thing. I got to do that. It's okay. Well, what's really going on here and what are some experiments we can try to get closer to what's really needed in this particular situation. I did have a conversation with someone who was talking about whatever, you know, I I was, I I was, we were talking about a strategy and I was saying, so what happens when it doesn't work? She said, well, I just give it up and I try something else. And so I was talking to her about this notion of rinse and repeat. And, and, you know, what if you start with the assumption that whatever strategy you try isn't going to work the first time. And it was this novel moment for her to look at that, to take that experimenter's mind. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really fun. Anyway. Yeah. So we need to wrap this conversation. I don't even know. It was like a stream of consciousness. Hopefully you guys took some tidbits out of it. I think. Well, let's ask, what are you taking away from this conversation? We've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about some of you are looking at the historical context. Some of you are looking at like behavior management and change management. Like, what what's your insight from this conversation that Diane and I have had? Yeah. And what do you want to do with that information? What's the the next step for you? Is it, it what is it for you? Mm-hmm. And what? And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us um, episode after episode. And thank you for everything that you're doing for yourself and your kids. At the end of the day, it makes a difference. An enormous, enormous difference. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.